some cherry wine. Everything's good, everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, we bring it every time. Yeah, pour a little cherry wine. Yeah, hey yo, salam. Yeah, I think they know the time. Everything's good, everything's fine. Yeah, you pour a little cherry wine. Yeah, life is good. Life is good. It's your girl, Cherry Wine, and we're back for another episode of Wine Time. And today, I have the pleasure of having the talented, I'm not going to say your name wrong because I always do it, but I'm going to call you Kai. <laughs> Kai, yeah. the writer, can you please introduce yourself to everybody and please tell them how to say your name correctly? <laughs> Yes, okay, so Kahawia is Swahili for brown, um, and you know, because I'm a brown girl, and I represent all things brown, all things beautiful, um, so Kahawia, but my birth name's Dominique Listen, I'm an author, I'm a poet, I just released my second book, hey, so I'm excited, and thank you for having me. You know, it's a pleasure. And I just want to thank you for always supporting me, listening to listening to my episodes and coming on live. You know, we have a good time every Thursday. At you know, I love the live. I look forward to it because I'll be like, oh, my God. what's she talking about today? Like, I know. A lot of people are looking forward to it. And sometimes I might be going front. Sometimes it's like, you know, you work all day and you come home, you got to cook and take care of your family. And then at 730, it's like, oh, my God, I really don't feel like this shit today. But then you get on and y'all energy just, oh, my God, it's just everything. So. You know, just Thursdays, maybe try and implement, you know, I like have that be a crock pot day. So dinner's already cooking all day. Like, Ooh, that's that's a good idea. See? Yeah, make that your crock pot day to get up early in the morning or you could do it like Wednesday night before you go to bed, put something on low, and boom, dinner's already ready. When you come home, there's one less thing you got to worry about. Period. Either that or how to miss the cook. That's a Fact. good idea. <laughs> Period. Fact. So... As you all know, I always ask a few questions. So my first question is, what made you start writing? Hmm. So I guess, all right. So I started writing as a child. You know, actually my mother, I'm just going to put her on blast. So it was um, in elementary school. You know how the teacher send you home with your little notebook. And they want you to write a whole page of, you know, like explain your day. Mm-hmm. And I would see so many students just write. My day was so, 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 so a million damn souls. And it was so great. Right. And they might write, you know, a little extra sentence. And I thought I could get away with that. But my mother, being the beautiful, strong woman that she is, and she's a teacher, my mother was like, girl, bye. Get your life. And it got to the point to where I would just write, okay, my day was so great. I woke up today. I did whatever. You know, I would describe my day. But my mother would be like, yeah, find something else. Find something more interesting to say. And she would rip up my papers to, like, no tomorrow. And it would just have to be perfect. And it got to the point where it was like, you know what? You just don't like my stories. You just don't like what I have to say. But my mother shaped me into the writer that I am. So I I say, you know, I write what I need with a purpose. And I've grown to love it, and I can really describe a whole lot of shit on paper. I'm a better writer than I am a speaker. I'll tell you that, because I'll cuss you out, you know. (laughs) 
but writing, it, I can really put more thought into it. So my mother made me a writer. Oh, well, shout out to your mom because, you know, without parents like that, um, mm-hmm. we wouldn't know ourselves or be or be able to become our best selves. Right. And, and I can relate with her because sometimes, you know, when you want to just do your homework and get it done, you just do anything or write anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like her, like my son, he had to do an essay for um school when that was one of his last assignments. And he wrote me three paragraphs. I said, no, an essay is five paragraphs. Mm-hmm. You have the um entry paragraph you have the body which is three paragraphs and then you have the conclusion which is the last and he's like well you know the teacher said it I'm like yes if the teacher said it and I'm agreeing with her then it must be right do it right a paragraph mm-hmm. and a paragraph is five sentences let's get it done and you know what thing so my argument would be yeah but my teacher's gonna like it and my mother be I don't care what the hell your teacher gonna like yes. I just told you what to do and you go back and you figure it out and I think it was one one night she had me at the table till three o'clock in the morning until she finally approved my paper. And then she was like, so what we did last night, we not doing this again tonight. Do you understand? <laughs> I was like, yes. Exactly. So, because you just want to do point. it and be done, but you're going to do it right. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I had to do it right in record time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so are you the only child? Oh, goodness, no. So oh, yeah. I'm my mother's oldest. Um, and I have a little brother to her, but then on my father's side, ooh, I'm the middle child. So I have an older sister, older brother. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. Oh, okay. You write smack dab in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think my, so my older siblings were all like three years apart. And then I think my little sister's three years younger than me. And then my little brother, I don't even know how old he is. I think he's 21 or he's 20, something like that. I don't know. He lose count after a while. <laughs> you just know what place you are in. Look, right. I'm in the middle <laughs> and y'all younger than me, period. <laughs> exactly. So what, what's your inspiration? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say mostly my vagina. Ooh. I'm really inspired by how she feels and how she makes me feel, how she makes other people feel. Um, yeah, my vagina brings a lot of inspiration in my work and my writing. Um, and I think it's partly because I've been, I've introduced myself formally to my vagina as a child. So her and I, we've had a relationship forever, you know, but <laughs> it's just, I'm very, a lot of my writing is um, very, like, metaphysical. I like to use a lot of metaphors and analogies to describe the things that are in my mind. So I'm inspired by life. I'm inspired by poetry. I'm inspired by ambiguity sometimes. Um, And, again, my mom, like, my mother, she's very strong, very, um, very much not all of who I aspire to be, but a lot of the things that she instilled in me, sometimes I feel like might actually even like go 
above and beyond what she might have wanted. And sometimes she's like, all right, yeah, I did tell you to do that, but that's extra. Calm that down. But I'd be like, no, this is me. Um, so I'm just inspired by my vagina and life around me. You were interested, but it's good to sometimes over-deliver because you give people what they didn't expect. Taking mm-hmm. that taking that extra step. I like to give the extra, you know, uh, like, you know. Like, wow, like, yes, boom. Yes, <laughs> knock, knock your socks off. Mm-hmm. I like that. So what is a message that you have for Black women? Um, love yourself. Love yourself. Find out who you are. Find out the things that make you tick. Find out the things that make you happy. Um, always strive to be the best version of yourself. And in doing that, don't dismiss the worst parts of yourself. Find out what you identify as the worst parts of yourself and learn to love that person love to learn those things about you and if it's something that you want to change and change it because you want to not because society tells you that you need to not because somebody that you date in tells you oh this is not cool like if you feel like you are you and you own up to you love you like always love you first Don't, and value yourself like but Again, loving yourself, that value is going to come. But just know that you are worthy of love. You are worthy of whatever the fuck you want, period. Like, just love yourself. Absolutely. We have to, we have to learn to love ourselves flaws and all. Because sometimes we get in the habit of beating ourselves up when we mm. should actually be appreciating and, you know, just like you said, loving yourself for who you are and not apologize for it, but be unapologetic right. about mm-hmm. who you about who you are. They either don't like it, love it, or leave you alone. Yes, and if they leave you alone, good riddance because okay. it's not something that you need to be affiliating with. Period. And I don't, if 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 you feel like you don't need to be around me, remove yourself because I ain't gonna lose no sleep, no meals, no nothing. Exactly, and please remove yourself because if I have to remove you. If I find a reason to remove you, that cutoff is going to be so strong, you're going to wish you had left on your own. Okay. <laughs> Please. So, um, for those of you who don't know, she has her own website where she shares what she reads, eats, writes. Everything is about you. And that's what I love the most. But you also... Um, drop jewels and little messages. Mm-hmm. Um, let me pull it up. I had it up because I didn't want to forget it. It is a um, passage that I read to your 19 year old self, which mm-hmm. I which I feel is dope because um, mm-hmm. you know at certain ages, like you know we we. As women, we as a people, we evolve all the time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's things that you should have done or knew at a certain age that you didn't, wasn't able to do at the time. So heard you, Ma, is mm-hmm. what it's called. And the seven things that you would have told your 19-year-old self. 
Yeah. And I read them. So um, what made you want to say something to you? Out of all of the ages, why did you pick 19? Where were you at 19? Well, 19 is actually like one of my favorite numbers. <laughs> um, and I had a lot of plans for 19. So 19, I felt like it was my most vulnerable stage of coming into my womanhood and ex- you know really exploring who I wanted to be in the world um and I always envisioned that by 19 I would lose my virginity um I didn't but I wanted to like I just wanted to be 19 like 19 was just like my magical number between 18 and 21 so just kind of you know filling everything out um and at 19 you know, I'm a sophomore in college. Um, it was kind of like a pivotal time for me because I had 19, I was just getting out of a relationship with my first and just coming into terms with um, having been sexually assaulted in that relationship. And while still trying to, you know, be the best me, still trying to um, figure out life in school. I was studying a major that I really didn't have interest in um, and also still thinking I'm grown, like, all right, I know about life. I know about these men, yeah, these men. They like me, they want me all kind of ages, you know, but at the same time, I'm still very vulnerable and don't even know it. So even where there were times where it was like, you're not going to get one over on me because I know every fucking thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't know a whole lot, you know. Um, So it was like I knew a lot, but I didn't know enough. And I needed to... um, take advice that was given to me at that time or even not even so much that, but I felt like if I could, well, you know, we all can't turn back time, Mm -hmm. but if there's a 19 year old around or if there's anyone in their vulnerable stages trying to figure out what their next move for life is, I would want them to know some of the things that I wish someone had told me and not even just told me, but give me examples or, you know, like, let me know, like, what it is that I should be looking towards. I'm like, don't tell me what to do, because nine times out of ten, I'm not even here for that. Mm-hmm. But share your experiences with me and give me an opportunity to learn through you instead of having to learn the hard way by myself. So that's why I chose 19. Okay. And you just dropped a whole earful because, like I said, some see you're so relatable because at 19, I want to say between 18 and 25 is when women are at their most vulnerable points mm-hmm. to me because you, like you said, you kind of really don't know a lot but you think you know everything and mm-hmm. then once you come at a, at a at a fork in a road and you don't know which way to go that's when you need some 
type of guy and light and and somebody has to come in and lead the way for you so for whoever's listening I well, you know what I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take that back because at any age you could be vulnerable right because I remember being 30 in my early 30s and being very vulnerable so I guess it's this the stage of your life and the things that you're dealing with at the time mm-hmm. but majority of the time it's really between 18 and 25 because you're just beginning to know and learn yourself as well as the outside world because before 18 we was closed off to everything because we have we really have nothing to worry about honestly we don't have to worry about what the adults have what we have to worry about right now. We didn't have to worry about that at 18. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, you are very relatable. And if anybody has any young females around them, she is the person that you should be showing them to. Let them look up to her because she is very, very smart. And she, you can relate to her, to, to her a lot. So, not only on your site, you you also have um, the top five black pods that you should listen to, yes. and of course, I just happen to be one of them. Thank you so much. Yes, yes of course. But, and you know, the thing is too. So about that, so I don't just like you know, just because I, you know, follow people on Instagram, I'm not just, you know, shouting you out. If I don't listen to your podcast, I'm not going to put it up here. Um, and I don't just tell you, you know, what it's about. I give you a reason as to why I relate to it or why I feel like it's worthy of my time. So, like, I, I, I enjoy wine time. And I was supposed to have some wine today, but I'm having beer today. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm definitely going to have me some wine because, you know, live is tonight. So, Oh yeah. Um, not only is Wine Time on the list, um, the Uncelebs podcast is on there as well. Mind Triggers, One Take No Chaser, and Her Thirsty Soul, which I happen to love. Girl. Her Thirsty Soul. Okay. Love it. Let me tell you when I when I okay. So I heard the first episode and right. Right, like right off the bat, I was like, "Oh my goodness, my sister needs this." Like, so I sent it to my sister, and my sister's like, "Yo, so her thirsty soul." She was like, "Ah, I, I love it. I feel like she's talking to me." Mm-hmm. I was like, "I know, like I know, I know." That's why I knew it was for you, <laughs> for real. And um, you put me on because I didn't know who she was until I saw her on your site, and then I go back and she's following me. I'm like, "How did I miss her?" Yeah, how did I miss her? Because I got her from, I think, from following you. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know she was following me. That's the crazy thing. I'm like, how did I miss her? But oh my God, she is definitely worth a listen. You got to add her to your list, her thirsty soul. Um, And as well as the Uncelebrated podcast, I I have to listen to them. I'm definitely going to add them on. And my triggers and one take, you already know. Yeah, you already know to those guys, but you know you always support the pod community, and we definitely appreciate you. Now, you all know that I'm a bookworm, and I love to read. So the writing tab on this site definitely was my first go-to, mm-hmm. and 
out of all of the short stories that I read on your site, one stood out the most to me. And it was Calandra. Mm-hmm. Reason being, um, some women have been Calandra. So this story is relatable. Um, so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about, I want you to explain to the people um, Calandra's story, what made you write it. And then we're going to talk about getting out of a toxic, abusive situation and giving yourself time to heal mm-hmm. before you give yourself to another person. So Okay, so Kalandra's story is part of a mini-series that I've been working on called Half Head. Um, Half Head I actually got from another, I don't know, I guess you can call it a podcast. Um, so Yash Kara, he, um, he's on Spreaker, um, but he also has his own platform, 7stage.com. He talks about a lot of different things um, from spirituality and being Hebrew and, you know, just current events and everything under the sun. Um, but one of the things that he brings up is like one of his running jokes in his episodes is like, you know, the half head person, like anybody that he's referring to that operates on half head, he just refers to them as half head. So my sister and I, we listen to his podcast and, you know, her and I, we just, we, in our conversations, we talk about a lot of different half head moments that either myself would have or she would have. And it's just an inside joke between us. But the term half head is just, we all know people who operate on half a head most of the time. Some people don't operate on no head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thing. But um, so it just was a compilation of stories either from my own experiences or someone else's experience. Um, This story was actually one of my readers submitted. Um, So that was really dope, you know, to have outside participation. Mm -hmm. Um, So Kalandra's story, she was in an abusive marriage, um, you know, for years. And, you know, just being a woman of wanting it to work, ignoring the signs that, are there for you and but still just you know trying to press you know trying to persevere and really just make your marriage work um but at the same time it's come down to a point where it's not working I have to get out you know it's kind of like fight or flight and you fight for a little bit but now it's time to go and all throughout that having someone in her life that has been close to her Um, close to her in business, close to her in life, and they discover feelings for each other, but out of respect for the marriage, they don't address it until after the marriage, but even while it's after, it's shortly after. So, you know, Calandra is flocking to this new guy, or I don't want to say flocking, but cleaving to him, and not really giving herself enough time to heal and the guy is like you know I love you and I really do support you however you need to take some space and then you know like I'm still gonna be here I'm I'm gonna be here to support you through this but you know having coming from a situation as toxic as it was 
you do need to kind of like take a bath like you need to go to a spa like you really need to wash all of that off before you even jump into some new clothes right now and that that's that's the story of Kalandra and she, she so while she understood that she needed to have that space before moving on she's like you know looking at this new group like so what's wrong with me you don't want me like mm-hmm. <laughs> you wanted me back then you don't want me now like what's the problem and she had to come into herself and realize that that extra space was actually what she needed so that she could move forward and be a better woman well be a better version of herself so that she can move forward into happiness with him now that's what everyone needs to understand that when you come out of something like that you can't just jump into the next situation because you're going to bring all of that hurt all of that pain all of that baggage into the new situation and the person that you're trying to build with now may not deserve all of that you know Mm -hmm. that you're going to bring to them so you want to give that person if you want somebody to give you the best version of them you have to give them the best version of you so when I read that she was upset (laughs) because she was (laughs) she was fully upset that he was like you know pump your brakes I'm gonna give you some time you really don't come across men like that. So, right, not- you know, that should have showed her right then and there, like, okay, he really he really wants me, like, all of me, the best me. And not only that, like, he respects her. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he respects her enough to say, listen, I know that you are capable of being, you know, or not even being, but showing me, you know, your best you. And right now, it's not so much that I'm not going to be here um, to support you. It's not that I'm not going to be your friend. It's just that you're not fully open to love in the capacity that our relationship is going to need because of X, Y, and Z. So how can I help you heal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in helping you heal, like I'm not trying to help you patch the shit up. Like I want you to actually heal and then move forward. Like, and I, I thought that was beautiful um, when she shared that, but you know, it's, but I do understand at the same time, like, hold up. So you wasn't pulling back from me, but now you are <laughs> like, what the fuck is that about? And then having those, you know, thoughts from your last relationship kind of creep up into, Oh, well, when so-and-so pulled away, it was because it was somebody else. So it's like, you got a somebody else too. Like, what's up? Like, just, Still having that extra baggage, like you said, is 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 not helpful. That's why you gotta heal because he may not come with all of the shit that your husband came with. So you can't be side eyeing him because your husband was doing X Y Z. He may not be doing that, but because you went through that already, you're gonna be looking at him like, okay, you must be doing the same thing, and it, it 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 don't work like that. And for her, I think her problem was that um, while she was going through the stuff with her husband, he was there for her. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. he was a good friend to her. She said they got closer and 
stuff like that. So when he's trying to back away now, I feel like she needed him because that was her safe place. But you also have to break away from everything and everybody and relearn yourself. And that, right. and that's the part that she probably didn't understand or get. Like he wasn't backing away from you because he didn't want you. He was giving right. he was giving you time to heal. Like you said, he don't want to patch it up. He want the wounds and the scars and all of that stuff. He wanted healed. Not don't put a band-aid on it. Right. He wanted don't just throw some peroxide on it and walk away. Like yes. <laughs> definitely tend to it daily. Like, but like she said. Mm-hmm. And she said that the chemistry was always there. And that's the thing. Um, somebody can come into your life and change everything around your way of thinking, your way of doing things, and show you, you know, the way that you should be treated. But if you're still on the fence, you're not going to be receptive of it. Mm-hmm. So you have to, like, you know, get yourself together. It's okay to back away. If he if it's really meant for you, it won't go nowhere. Like he said, mm-hmm. he's gonna give you your time. He's gonna wait for you. He's he was willing to wait for you. Just work on you. Cause you coming mm-hmm. you coming from something that was she was dealing with a lot. Yeah, I gotta read it. Yeah, I gotta read it. She said the guy was toxic. He was abusive, and sometimes. I feel like women that's in relationships like that, they're either afraid to start over, afraid to leave, or they just became so used to the treatment that they think that this is what they're supposed to go through and it's not. And you know what, so so touching up on when you say that sometimes women are afraid to start over, I relate to that. Um, I had real another half had story and I actually I have wrote a, um, a poem in my new book and it's called hypocrite because I am I'll advocate against you know domestic violence and relationships I'll advocate against wife beating and you know everything of that nature and then I do have this one relationship where I was the abuser like well I was the physical abuser so he would verbally abuse me he was entirely disrespectful and I would chin check the nigga like who the fuck are you talking to like I became this whole other person and it's like why didn't I leave sooner like did I just not want to you know start over was I holding on to the love that was once there was I holding on to the fantasy that I created in my mind before it got to this point. Like it was just so surreal and entirely toxic. Like, girl, I can't even tell you some of the things that um came up in that household. But it was just like I became the person that like if I had looked in the mirror, I might have seen the face of someone who used to hit me like it just wasn't girl that's deep and see most of the time when you become somebody that you're not is because 
the person that you're dealing with is bringing that person out of you and that's not the person that you want to be or the other person is not who you should be with because if that's the person the your, your spouse or your mate or whoever you is is supposed to bring out the best part mm-hmm. in you not saying that because no relationship is perfect you're going to argue there's going to be disagreements and stuff like that but for the most part if you're not watering each other to help each other grow and bring out the best versions and the best parts of you then that's not the person that you should be with so it's and i'm glad that you're no longer with this person because you would have been on snaps listen i would have been on snaps (laughs) everywhere like you would have been on snaps first 48 so listen i would have been on all the shows i'd have had I'd have had a 2020 special. It would have been so real. <laughs> it would have been so real. Like, it's part series. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, Surviving the <laughs> <but> Only the <laughs> people survive. Like, so I don't know what they would have called it. Only the strong survive. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, now, you got another one up here. Um, mm-hmm. Yvonne asks. Honey, yes. Let's talk about Yvonne. Give the people, give the people some insight on um, Yvonne. Okay, so Yvonne is a hood rat, and she's proud to be. Um, Yvonne is. I'm gonna say. I actually, I got a comment from one of my readers. She describes Yvonne as Queen Afua would say she's bitch possessed. Mm-hmm. Like Yvonne is um she's a woman, you know, real project mentality, real system based, real, you know, um, she only knows one of her parents, the other one is in the wind, who knows? Um, Yvonne has several children um that she doesn't take care of. Um, and not even, I don't know if Yvonne just doesn't want to, but Yvonne is very selfish. Yvonne is, um, she's going through life, you know, like just the system is going to take care of me and the system is going to make it work. So she works the system however she can. Yvonne has had over 15 abortions in life. Yvonne is about her partying. She's about her lifestyle. She's about her weed. She's about whatever man she's fucking at the time. And her kids always play the back burner and they hurt the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yvonne is also, you know, she's she has the mentality of anyone that's you know, halfway wants to do something good for themselves that doesn't consist of hanging out in a project apartment is like, oh, they think they better than me and I, I'm going to do everything I can to sabotage you. Um, so Yvonne has a brother who is caring for her children. Now, her children are in foster care because Yvonne, you know, she let them, you know, just kind of run them up. Like, her child got left back in kindergarten. That's not something that's supposed to happen. 
Um, ACS has been called to her home multiple times. So now her children are in foster care. And her brother, instead of allowing them to, you know, really go into the system, go into the group homes, he stepped up and was like, listen, I'll care for them while you get yourself together. So he hasn't adopted them. Um, he, he doesn't want, you know, to take her rights away as a mother she you know i mean that's his sister so he really wants her to get you know get her life together so that she can eventually care for her children the way she's supposed to but the whole time yvonne is just like yeah fuck you you think you better than me you got my kids going to a uppity school and now they think they better than me so she really has that i'm gonna drag you down mentality Mm -hmm. and doing so you know every time the brother comes around with the kids, you know, she's, she got the whole project rallying up against him. Like, oh, fuck that nigga up. Anytime you see him walk through here, I'm gonna get him jumped and all of this uh, is all this whoop-de-whoop for no reason. And the, again, the children suffer most. So her thing is when she has her children, they should be a check to her. So, any way she can kind of prove that they might have some kind of disability so that she can get a check for them from them. That's like how she handles her children. Um, But now to the point where she doesn't want her brother to have them. She doesn't want them to have the better life that they've been having over, you know, the course of that, the time that they've been spending with the brother, she would rather remove them from the brother and sign them over to the state because her thing is I had a hard life they shouldn't have an easy life and girl Yvonne is trifling. Yvonne belonged to the fucking streets yes. that's where Yvonne belonged when I was reading this I said oh Yvonne belongs to the streets she's a street walker she's a tramp and mm-hmm. when she first started her first sentence is I am a hood rat so she knows exactly what the hell she is. She is one of them project chicks that sit around and wait for a nigga to come by and give her forty dollars. That's mm-hmm. who Yvonne is to me. Yeah. Um now she said that she raised her brother and he mm-hmm. he turned out pretty good. He is well off, he is married. You know, he's taking care of his business, everything like that. If you raised your brother to become that, why you couldn't do the same for your own kids? Exactly. She, it, it seems as if she don't want the best for the kids. Just read and how she talks about these kids. Now, um, my husband is real big on World Star. I don't know if you saw the video this week of the girl. She has seven kids and she's sitting in her living room and she's rolling up a blunt. And she on live. She really on live. It's five. Now I'm gonna post it. Matter of fact, I'm gonna post that video with this episode. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay. She was sitting on her couch. She had some friends over, but you couldn't see them. So mm-hmm. they sitting around rolling blunt, smoking, and she just kept saying that um, she glad that diapers came and got her kids. She was like, they came and got them kids. Um, it's 
she is it's whole season all summer 2020 and this is that and third she she tired them bitch ass kids and this is that mm-hmm. and the third like she was just gloating and singing and praising Dyfus for coming to get her kids. Now she has seven of them. Mm. After the first one or two, you should have known you didn't want them, but why you keep having them? Exactly. Why keep having them? Why you keep having them? First of all, kids don't ask to be here. And I'm real Thank big you. on taking care of your kids and teaching them and you know, preparing them for life because it's hard as fuck out there. If you can't get the love and care and everything that you need at home, right? When you go out, you are looking for it in the wrong places, okay. and you're gonna accept everything just to have a piece of something. Like you, you're gonna look for the shit in the wrong places. You're gonna end up in the wrong hands. It's just not gonna mm-hmm. end well. For you, so when they when they say that it starts at home, it starts at home. Your kids don't only learn in school. Mm-hmm. It starts at home. You have to prepare your kids. You know how to take care of themselves, how to love themselves, how to love other, how to treat themselves, how to treat other people. You know, mm-hmm. be a parent. You have to, and you know what type of kids you have once they start getting older and being able to make decisions on their own. When you come mm-hmm. when you come from Yvonne and old girl on World Star, 90% of the time those kids want more for themselves so they end up being better than what they were brought brung into, what they was raised around. Some of the kids that that have a bad upbringing, they do become good kids and good adults, stuff like that. Other kids, not so much. They fall into the cracks, right, because they they don't have an example, and even if they want to for themselves, their environment is so fucked up, they get sucked into it. They become a product of their environment. And it's just so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Brother, you know, there are so many Yvonne's, and Yvonne is a true story. Um, oh, Yvonne, it's a lot of Yvonne's up around. They walking mm-hmm. around. It's a lot. It's a mm-hmm. lot. Mm. They walking around giving everybody they ask to kiss. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, girl. And the thing, too, is like, so not only is there Yvonne, Yvonne's environment, like her friends, you know, her friends still go to her house. Her friends know that. Her house is a chill spot, but no, nobody checks her. And, well, nobody in the projects checks her anyway. And it's like, so Yvonne just living her life thinking shit's sweet. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> no matter whose life she fucks up in the meantime. And Yvonne is unhappy with herself. And mm-hmm. she said, I got my degree in the street. Okay, it's okay to be street smart. It's very important to be book smart. Um, she is the type of person that um, if you have anything going for yourself, positive, anything happy, she is a blood sucker. She don't want you happy. She don't want no nothing around her now. You should be happy that you raised your brother to be the person that he is today. 
Mm-hmm. And the person that he is today is able to come and sh- in return help you with your kids to get yourself together. Yvonne seems like she's envious. She seems mm-hmm. like she's jealous because um, we all got the same 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. We all got the same 365 days of the year. Lord, mm-hmm. Lord willing. If you wake up every day, you get the same thing that everybody else get what you do with your time is on you if you don't do anything to help you if you don't do anything um the word yes if you don't do anything productive in your time that's your problem but you can't hate on the next person that's actually doing something that's moving and shaking and you know getting shit done you can't be mad if you got the fuck up off your ass and put in the same energy that you putting into bashing people because everything in here is a bitch and this is that and third and fuck this fuck that fuck them if you put that much energy into better bettering yourself child Yvonne you have your kids you have everything Exactly. You'll have your kids and you'll have the relationship with your brother that you just tarnish the shit. Yeah, like you messed it up. Bad enough y'all already we'll have come from a single parent home. And then you went ahead and continued the um you went ahead and continued the what your mother did and whoever else before her, you kept bringing these kids into this broken home that you had. When your, mm-hmm. when your brother went ahead and did the total opposite. This is what I mean. Like, sometimes when you grow up in the same house as somebody, y'all may not receive the same messages and the same um, lessons that's being taught to you in, in your house because everybody has their own way of thinking, doing, learning. Now, you could have the same mother. Now, I'm sure they had the same mother, same father, whatever. Somebody parent was missing. But mm-hmm. the jewels that was given to the brother, he took them and made something of himself. This girl, mm-hmm. this girl just wasn't listening. She nope. she did what she, she wanted to do. She know everything, and she felt like the streets was better than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, she vowed her life to the street. She vowed her life to the project. She vowed her life to just being a hood rat, like just being a bum, just being. Uh, nobody and that's fine if that's what you want to do with your life but you have children that you are now influencing you Mm -hmm. have children that you know are conflicted because it's like yes this is my mother yes I love my mother yes I want to be a part of my mother's life but damn why is my mother treating me like this Mm -hmm. why is my mother doing everything to stifle my growth why why I can't take some swimming lessons? Why I can't go to dance class? Like, why I got to go? Why do I have to leave a beautiful home, you know, with where I'm getting fed every day? You know, I'm getting clothes. I'm getting everything that I need. And you want me to go to a group home mm-hmm. to live with strangers? Yeah. Why? I just didn't understand that. Why would you take your kids from family and put them in a group home? And family that's giving them a life. And, you know, because I understand not all family, you know, does right. Mm-hmm. But 
you have a situation where you have a brother who's doing everything that they can. You have a brother who has his own child, but he still, you know, takes yours and, you know, his wife welcomes the other children, you know, like they all operate as a family. Mm -hmm. So why would you disrupt this lifestyle for your children to feed them to the damn wolves? We know what happens in group homes. Mm -hmm. We know how overcrowded they are. We know how understaffed they are. We know how underpaid the workers are, you know, the ones that even work there. So we know what could come of living in a group home and it's not always peachy cream hell it ain't ever really peachy cream it was like when you have house a and house b you just choose the group home like i just and if you got daughters you putting them at risk to be raped um Mm -hmm. the people yeah the people in the group homes is i'm sure gonna do the bare minimum but the sad little boys are raping little boys. Yes, they are raping boys too. And the sad part about it is, even though her brother took the kids and is helping her with the kids and everything like that, those kids are still hers. And mm-hmm. out of the five, I'm sure one of them gonna be like her. It's, mm. And that's the bad part about it because it don't matter. And I've and 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 I've seen it firsthand. You can take a child from a situation and to help them and better them and everything like that and, you know, raise them to be your own and this is that and the third and then they still have their mother and father in them. So no matter mm-hmm. what you did, no matter how you tried to prevent them from becoming who and what they came from is alive. It's 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 still some heavy, heavy, heavy chances that they can still turn out to be like their parents. Yeah, because it's almost like it's already written. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. and it's and it's and it's sad. You don't want that for them, and you would hope that they wouldn't, you know, turn out that way. But if it's in them, it's in them. Especially the ones that that actually really 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 because no matter what you can take a kid from their mother they still gonna love their mother they still gonna want to be with their mother because that's their mother and the ones mm-hmm. that really feel the, the the strongest about her that could be the person that's gonna end up going right back to her mm-hmm. and able to break the generational curse yeah and that's the, that and that's the sad part because now you got your brother sitting here he's putting his all into your children as if they're his own and everything like that and I'm sure somebody's gonna go back to her and be just like her and that's the sad part that is the sad part I mean it's it's sad for you know the whole situation is sad and what's even more sad is that there's at least 30 Yvonne's in every fucking project. Like, if not more. And not even just in the projects. There's Yvonne's in trailer parks. Mm -hmm. There's Yvonne's in houses. There's Yvonne's every fucking way. There's at least two two or three Yvonne's in everybody's family. Hell yeah. And it's just 
It's just fucking disgusting. And you and 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 Yvonne can come and come from many races. Mm-hmm. You can have a black Yvonne, a Spanish Yvonne, a Chinese Yvonne, mm-hmm. a white Yvonne. She could be blue. It don't matter what she is. There is Yvonne mm-hmm. everywhere, and that's sad. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. That it's because because it's some people that's just stuck. And don't want nothing. They don't want to do nothing. They don't want to make nothing of themselves. They just want to just be here, breathe here, and doing nothing. Exactly. And you know what? Like I said, if you want to do that with your your own adult life, that's your business. But when you doing that and it affects children who have to come up in this life already having hard enough as it is, like, just stop it like it's a special place in hell for them because you're them like shit they ass to the damn island and let them be nothing amongst themselves you know, but it's like the, it's the and i always say the people like this it's the, the people that been on um public assistance they whole life mm-hmm. and don't want to do nothing and when i say your whole life i mean your mother was on it your grandmother was on it now you on it and you probably gonna have one of your kids on it. Like when mm-hmm. I say that's your whole life. When you have somebody like that that don't want to do nothing, that just want to keep getting all the freebies, and mm-hmm. the people that's serving life in jail, get them and send those motherfuckers to the war. Mm-hmm. Put yep. those put, put those people in the army. Put those people on the front line. Because because yep. they don't value their life, they don't give a fuck. They don't want to do nothing. Exactly. So whether you don't want to fight for yourself, it, fight for the damn country. Go on. Okay. <laughs> I will drive them first. Yeah. So, they don't want me to be president. Listen, <laughs> or whoever make the rules, they don't want me to be that person. Okay. Send draft them. them first. Send them. I'm drafting murderers, yep. pedophiles. I'm, yeah, rapists, whole nine. Everybody yep. that's that put them they asses over there. The and, and Yvonne, the, the bitches that's yeah. sitting on welfare and don't want to do nothing. Send all of them, all of them. That's who's gonna be at war. That's who yeah. go out there and, and and fight for the country because they ain't got nothing to lose. Mm-mm. So send they ain't they, got send their asses over there. Free, and, 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 and you're still getting free room and board. So send their asses over there because that's what they they, they they don't have nothing to do with. They don't want to do nothing. And for the killers that love to kill, send their asses mm-hmm. over there because that's what y'all over there doing. Send all of them. First. Like, exactly. And and you know what? Since you brought that up, so like that's one of the things that I, I don't even get into debates or conversations with people, you know, when it comes to, you know, this whole thing. Um not even just with with what's going on today, but what's been going on for you know for centuries, basically. So you have you know all of these gangbangers. Y'all are so quick to kill your neighbor or to shoot at this person and shoot at that person that lives in your neighborhood. But when it comes down to the cop that kills the unarmed black person in your society. You don't take that same energy and go face that cop. Yes. You don't take that same energy and go face that cop's family. Mm-hmm. But you start marching? I don't understand that. Or you post on Facebook, oh, that was fucked up. Or da da da. But you will 
you will kill somebody that you grew up with that looked at you crazy mm-hmm. or looked at you for five seconds too long. Yeah, you're right. Take that same energy. You already throwing your life away. Why not throw it away for a better cause? A purpose, you know? Because you're doing huh? it for nothing now. And I and I totally agree. Like I've said before, I'm not into politics. I don't really um, get into those conversations or, you know, discuss mm-hmm. anything that's going on. I mean, I'm riding for my people, but um, mm-hmm. you know, I have my opinions, but I don't voice them. Like, I'll talk amongst my circle, like my husband or my kids and stuff right, like that. Right, everybody's not really going to have certain conversations. Yeah, so um, because I know me, like it could get, it could go left or right, get into mm-hmm. a conversation like that, and I don't, for me, I just stay away from it. And it's not for nobody else. It's for me. That's my reason that I stay away from it. But um, you're right. And this is, and this, and this is the, that's the reason why when they say, oh, you know, y'all can kill each other and this is that and the third. But when one of us do it, it's a problem. You motherfucking right. It's a problem. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem across the board. Like I, I don't mm-hmm. want, you, I don't want nobody killing nobody. Period. I don't like guns. I'm scared of them. In the center, I don't care how you kill them. A knife, whatever. Don't kill your own people, and then period. period. Because then every it's like a lesson I teach my kids. If you sitting up here arguing with your like I tell them all the time, don't argue and fight with your siblings outside. Don't argue and fight with your siblings in front of people because then they're going to think that it's okay that they can do it to your sibling. And it's, it, it don't work like that. It don't. So it goes the same way. If you, if they're saying that it's okay for us to do it to each other, then it shouldn't be a problem when they do it to us. And it's a problem across the board. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, go Take that energy to the cop that killed George Floyd. Take that energy to the cop that um, shot Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Them the people that, that go to jail for a reason. If you're going to go to jail for shooting your friend or shooting your relative or um, killing somebody because you're trying to get into a gang, it's gangs in jail too. So go, so, so go to jail with a purpose. Because, you okay, exactly. you shot the cop now. You're so damn bad. Okay. Go and get it. And this is how you going ha- like this is how you going handle that. But listen, I completely agree with you. Send all the ass to the wall. Okay, <laughs> that's, everybody. That's to start. Shoot them up and boot them up and send them over, and be done, need- and be done with it. Because those are motherfuckers that need to go. They'll figure it out. Listen, folks are innovative. Because hmm. if and and if you don't send them over there, even I'm gonna keep getting pregnant, so she can keep getting assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, she gonna keep fucking up kids. Oh, okay. And sending them to the group home, and little man man gonna grow up and shoot the boy that grew up in a building across from him because he's trying to become a gang member. And king fan. It's just gonna. It's, it's, it, it, everything is for clout. Yvonne want clout from um the state. And mm-hmm. and and her son or whoever eventually is gonna want clout from the streets. So to prevent all of that, they need. I, you know what? After a certain time, they need to be like, you know what? You've been on public assistance for this long. You got ninety days, honey. 
Yeah, that's what they need to do. That's what they need but, to start doing. Listen, that's a whole nother conversation. Folks ain't trying to have that one either. Okay. <laughs> Let the kids, okay, we'll keep, you know, we'll keep the kids having medical insurance. But you, it's time, it's, it's time for y'all to get up off your ass. Because as long as you keep doing it, like, and it's for years, like, and I've seen it, like, it's, pe- like I said, I grew up in the project, and it's people that really don't do nothing all day long, and they just happy with just getting those food stamps and whatever, how much money. Mm-hmm. Listen, Nobody in the state can tell me how much my child is worth. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the set amount you're going to get for your kid this month. Bitch, do you know how much my kid eat? Exactly. Do you know how much their clothes cost, their shoes cost? Do you know how much this light bill is, this, this, this cable, all that? The Wi-Fi, do you know how much all of this stuff costs a month? Not even 15% of what you're going to give me. Exactly. So, No. They be so happy to receive it, and it's just damn ridiculous. It's like if you, know, if you if you applied half of your conniving ass brain <laughs> to something productive, you could really have the life that you really like the life you think you live in now. Yeah. Like, and they be having the nicest cars, all this name brand shit, and all yeah, because they print twenty five dollars exactly. <laughs> Exactly, but like you said, if you put that in, and they really got the hustler mentality, but you hustling mm-hmm. the wrong way. You hustling, hustling backwards. You hustling and finessing the state that if you picked mm-hmm. a hustle with what, something that you're good at, and you put that effort into it, you could be getting more money than what the state is trying to give you. And you can raise a better generation of people. Okay. And really break that damn cycle instead of just keep repeating it and then you really hurting your kids because you're not showing them nothing when those kids can go to college for free mm-hmm. you ain't even trying to show them that or teach them that or let them know that because you raising the next generation of let me get my food stamps medicaid and cash that's what you're doing mm-hmm. when they can when you can actually be feeding them knowledge like listen because mommy in this situation, you could go to school, community college, free. Get mm-hmm. your grades up, do right. Then you can go to a bigger college with a scholarship off your grades. Like, help your kids. Mm-hmm. You're not helping them. You're not helping them. You, and that's why that's why you can't break generational curses. Because and that's why so many of them are Yvonne. Because it's like, are you not helping them because you don't know that there's something better? Do you need help? Mm-hmm. Or are you not helping them because you don't want them to be better than you? Because whatever self-esteem issues you have with the lifestyle you live in. Because I, I, I can just, I can't fathom a life where every Yvonne is happy. Like, truly happy being Yvonne. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to change? Do you want to be better? Like, do you just don't see better for yourself, but somewhere deep down inside, you really want better. Cause it's like, to just be, to just exist in this world so fucked up that you could put the same energy onto children. It's just, you know better than a pedophile, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like you know better than anybody else that corrupts the mind of a child or that corrupts, you know, that child period. Like you're no better. At all. And and that and that and that's really the crazy part. And not 
all people that's on public assistance is bad people. Like some people, mm-hmm. like really, really need it, but it's the right. it's the it's the, it. it's the ones that abuse it. Yes, that that has that that's the problem, and I don't understand why people don't reevaluate this like every single year. You know how we gotta go through inspection for our cars, how we gotta renew our license mm-hmm. and do all stuff. Ask them what have you done this year? Mm-hmm. And you know what's crazy? Because the people that have been on it, you know, for generations on out, it seemed like the system don't bother them with too much. Mm-mm. But let you be a hardworking somebody that falls on hard times, they give you the third degree before they even think about <laughs> approving you for any kind of assistance. And that's, and it's like, that's the part that makes it like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what am I doing wrong? Because it's like, if I'm, I have a degree, I'm working, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and I've been able to maintain my lifestyle, whatever the case, and then now I fall on hard times and I need this assistance, you giving me all these damn, oh, fill out this and fill out that and fill out that, you you checking my bank account with a fine tooth comb, talking about some oh this that and the third oh um I see you came in here you applied and you had a um you had a Gucci bag I oh, don't well I guess if you can afford that Gucci bag then you can afford food it's like bitch what and that's some like shit. you don't do this to the people that really actively abuse the system like and that's where the imbalance and that's how you know people stay divided. So it's like when you have that working class person that's looking at the project, chick, like, well, yes, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And it's not so much like we don't think that you can do better, but it's like, why don't you want better for yourself? And so you are taking advantage of all of these things and they just give it to them. No questions asked. None. No question. And and that's the and that's the crazy part about it. And they really need to change how they do things with um it's not just with your state, it's with our it's with the whole country as a whole. Like mm-hmm. it's man, I just I don't know, we got the whole start over. Yes. Yeah. I mean, let's go back from scratch. Let's go back to Let's go back to let's not let's rename United States of America first of all. Let's yes. go back to scratch because we was doing it from the start, mm-hmm. and they really don't make it better for us. But when you got people like Ivani, they they really give us a bad name, and they make and they, and they think that we all look at and we're Ivani, and we're not. Everybody's not an Ivani. Everybody's not, but that's how they look at us. They look at it. Don't matter what it don't matter what seat you're sitting at at the table. Your color defines you, and that's the that's a bad, bad, bad thing. Mm-hmm. Bad. But we don't talk about everything under the sun today. I think we don't got off topic, but that's fine. <laughs> um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, sir. Um, don't be a stranger. I mean, I know you're not a stranger, but call I ain't no stranger. you could come Girl. back and record again <laughs> because it's always something to talk about. Um, 
tell people the book that you just dropped, where they can find you. Um, well, if you, if you got anything coming up, just, okay. you know, sell yourself, brag about yourself. Listen, and I'm a Leo, so I love this. <laughs> oh, so you got a birthday coming up. Yes, I do have a birthday coming up. And my birthday is July 31st. And on my birthday, I am going to do a live poetry reading. I haven't decided. I think I'm just probably going to do it on Instagram. Um, So it is going to be a live poetry reading, you know, in honor of releasing my second book, Pink Lotus, which is the second of a trilogy. It is the Pink series, um, well, the Pink trilogy, rather. The first book was Pink Canvas. It was um, a collection of poems where it follows me on my journey to self-love through my vagina. And so the first book was Acknowledgement. The second book is a healing book. It is going to really uncover some things that <laughs> we don't talk about too much. Um, but, you know, the cover of the book is amazing shout out to my graphic designer chris anderson he's amazing um he always brings my visions to life for my book covers and yeah pink lotus it is out now so i'm actually having a pre-sale now but it doesn't release to everyone else until the 31st but you can get it afrosofly.com um hit me up instagram at K-A-H-A-W-I-A underscore underscore and you can follow the rest of my pages from there. Yes. Shout out to Pink Lotus. Yes, Pink Lotus. I can't wait to read it. 